anyone that's watching this, this is That Tech Enthusiast Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about four uh, different news topics. So I've got Samsung Galaxy versus the Motorola Razr, the cheapest iPhone in years, the possible return of the console wars, and the Windows 7 bug. I hope you enjoy. So uh, as you can see, I've got a new intro as well. I made that on, I made it quite a while ago actually, on, I can't remember what I made it on now. Anyway, let's get into the first topic. So, some of you might know about the phone that Motorola launched that can fold, the Motorola Razr, that is a bit like their classic flip phones, except for it's a smartphone and it's got a touchscreen. And... Apparently it's got durability problems, as you can imagine, being a folding phone. Now, I always like the idea of folding phones, like I like the idea of the Samsung Galaxy Fold, I like the idea of the Motorola Razr, but I knew that one problem would always be durability. Now, Motorola are saying that they have got no durability problems and the way it was tested. So basically CNET did a durability test on it and apparently it failed. But then Motorola have said that actually it their test was too hard and not designed for their phone and so they did their own test and apparently it's not as brutal you could say as the CNET test but whatever I mean to be honest I think the Samsung Galaxy Z will probably do a lot better than the Motorola Razr, like, just, so I've seen lots of leaks and stuff about the Galaxy Fold, the, the Galaxy Z, I'm going to keep saying that now, the Galaxy Z, and it does look just more durable than the Razr, because, like, so apparently the way the screen works isn't just the plastic screen, like the Galaxy Fold, or the Razr, so when you so it's got like the you, so there's like a plastic screen on top and then there's a more of a glass like screen underneath so if you scratch the plastic screen on top you haven't actually broken the screen so possibly you could replace that i'm not sure and um but yeah but yeah so let's talk a bit about the Samsung folding phone because that should be launching fairly soon and I'm pretty excited for that so I have literally just seen a trailer about it and it was interesting so it advertised a lot of things including a video call which is something kind of interesting so it says on the trailer advert or whatever you want to call it it says that you have to have Google Duo to do it like in the bottom you know like small print and that's my first problem kind of not really problem but like it's not really a feature specific to the phone when any phone can use Google Duo so if you don't know what Google Duo is it's basically the Android version or the Google version of FaceTime and I've used it a couple of times it's not even too bad because obviously FaceTime is really good like depending on your connection I'd say FaceTime is probably better than Skype 
especially for like on mobile devices. Um, but yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Z. The trailer was interesting because it's advertising a feature, but then the fe- that feature is available on other phones. So that's the first thing that kind of got me like a bit intrigued. Like, why have they done that? The other thing is they advertised it as like being able to go and stay in the 90 degrees angle so that could be interesting because if it can stay in that 90 degrees angle and obviously it can be folded out or in a 90 degrees angle that could look pretty cool as like its own phone stand I guess like the yeah because can you remember those things that were like fairly trendy like a couple of years ago, I can't remember how long ago it was, where you'd basically like stick them to the back of your phone and they'd be like phone, you could use them to stand your phone up or it would help hold them, hold your phone, that sort of thing. You wouldn't really need one of those, but I don't really know who uses one of those anyway. But still, I think it's a cool feature to have it, if it, if it can hold itself in the 90 degrees angle. So people reckon it's going to launch either straight after the Galaxy Unpacked event, which at the time of recording is tomorrow, but by the time this gets released it'll probably be today. So that's the 11th of February. And so yeah, straight after that. Or some people reckon it might launch on the 14th of February. Either way, that's fairly near if you want to buy it. Which I personally, I think folding phones right now aren't worth it. I think in the future, yes. But right now, no. Because they're still, you know, this is the second folding phone Samsung made, so they've got a bit of experience. Motorola, that's the first. And I feel like we still need to learn more. And we need a better way with the screens, with the plastic screens. And maybe the maybe the Galaxy X, Galaxy X? <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. The Galaxy Z is... The, the screen might actually be good because it's made differently I don't know the complete details um, speaking of the screen it will apparently it's a 6.7 inch OLED display by the way in case you're wondering and it has a hole punch a, a bit like the Note 10 and Note 10 Plus it'll have a hole punch in the middle um, and that's pretty much it for the fold. Oh yeah, they also they also want to make it more accessible than the Galaxy Fold. More ac- what I mean by that is more more like in more markets, so in diff- in more different countries, I guess. So it's a safe bet that it'll probably be you'll be able to get it in Korea and the USA, and you'll probably well yeah you probably be able to get it in the UK. I'm pretty sure you can get the Galaxy Fold in the UK. But yeah, anyway, let's move on to something else. So, what should we do? So yeah, I'm sure most people know by now that Windows 7 is no longer supported by Microsoft. And most, I know lots of people that Windows 7 is their preferred operating system. They prefer it over Windows 10 and Windows 8, and so they use it. And apparently, Microsoft reckon about 900 million devices are running Windows 10 and in 2020 roughly around 2 million PCs worldwide will still be running Windows 7 no, older Windows versions so mostly Windows 7 but apparently that also includes things like XP and Vista 
and whatever else. And yeah, so let's actually talk about the actual bug now, because there's been a problem with it. So there's already been one, but this isn't as the the last one wasn't as serious as this one. So the last one was just a wallpaper glitch. That's like you know, not as bad as this one. So you basically can't turn off you you can't shut down or reboot your computer. <laughs> Which is a slightly weird bug and apparently we still don't know where it came from. So we have like a good guess that it came from like the settings, the control panel or whatever it is, not like doing permissions right and saying so basically when you try and shut it down and it just says you don't have permission to shut down this computer which is a slightly weird thing like yeah they apparently it's like permissions just going wrong like admin and stuff which doesn't really make sense uh there is a workaround for it but it only works for the pro and ultimate versions of windows 7 not windows 7 home which is what I'd imagine most people would have. And I'm, yeah, it's, as I just said, there's a lot of people using Windows 7, so I don't know how many people this bug will affect. I have a fairly old computer running Windows 7. I haven't seen any bugs with it yet. It's running Windows 7 Ultimate, just because that's the copy I could get. That's because it's the easiest copy I could get hold of. Um... Yeah, this is an interesting one because, like I said, I'm. It's it's just a weird bug, like I don't know how that. Uh, why hasn't it shown up before? That's my other question. So it must have been something to do with like one of the last updates they did have created this bug. But yeah, th that's very weird. Uh, anyway, moving on. Oh yeah, this is something that is really interesting. And kind of has been rumoured for ages. So you may have noticed that the iPhone 9, there is no iPhone 9. Like, they just missed a number. They went from 8 to 10. I always said that's because 7, 8, 9, but whatever. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, they're going to make an iPhone 9. Which is, so lots of people have been, I've heard lots of people talking about the old iPhone SE and how they're going to be making a new version. Now, and apparently, obviously most of this is speculation, it's going to be called the iPhone 11. Um, insiders claim it will cost $399 and pounds and it, and this is actually fairly good, it will probably run the same chip as the iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro. Apple have not said when it will be released. Um, it has a 4.7 inch display and apparently it has a very similar design to the iPhone 8. Now this is, I think this phone will do well. I know the SE did really well so I'm expecting this phone to do quite well as well. Um, apparently, so yeah it's going to look like the iPhone 8. So it's not going to have like that blocky design. I always liked the blocky design of the iPhone SE. I don't know why. <laughs> That's probably just me. Uh, but yeah, it's going to have a similar design to the iPhone 8. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if I've already said this, but it's going to have a 4.7 inch display, most likely. Well, actually, will it be OLED? 
I don't know. This article hasn't specified whether it will be OLED. And yeah, this is going to be this because obviously with Android, and this is probably where my preference of Android starts kicking in. I Android has so many different phones. Like okay, so Android is obviously very not specific because Android is the operating system, not the manufacturer or the phone. The phone isn't called Android One or whatever, like the iPhone is. So, so let's so for an example, Samsung. They have more than one. They have more than one phone a year and more than one lineup because you know they've got like the the Galaxy A series and the S series and the Note series and the retired J series and yeah I'm pretty sure that's all of them but the point is they have different price ranges so the A series is really good because I think they start at like around 200 I think for like an A40 I'm quickly checking now yeah I think it's around two or 300 for a Samsung A40 which is like the lowest the, the low price range for the Galaxy A all the way up to the A90 which is I'm pretty sure pretty similar to the Galaxy A70 however this one has 5G now something that the obviously one of the phones the Galaxy A80 which I don't hear a lot of people talking about is the fold uh, the flippy camera so obviously it flips up and, but anyway I'm getting off topic <laughs> I can talk about that later so yeah the Galaxy oh no the Galaxy A10 is the lowest the lowest budget which costs £139 that's pretty good actually and you know it's running Android 9 6.2 inch infinity display and then yeah the A40 yeah, the A40 is £200. Um, but anyway, the point is, so and so Samsung have different lineup of phones which have different prices. Apple, on the other hand, has one lineup of phones, and apart from the iPhone SE, it's always been the flagship. Now, obviously, they have had, like, w what they did with the iPhone X is they had the flagship, the iPhone X, the kind of pro version, the iPhone X, um, S, <laughs> that na the name just suddenly went out of my head then, and then the iPhone XR, the slightly budget, but like, let's be honest, the iPhone XR still is not a budget phone, it's just a more cheaper and slightly more reasonable phone. The iPhone XR was, I don't know, I if see the t specs weren't that good, I would have just stuck probably with an iPhone 8 unless you wanted to have the look and the like status, I guess, of having an iPhone X. Because the the XR has an it it goes back to a, um, an LED display, so it's not got OLED like the X and the XS. It's got a worse camera. It's got one camera, so compared to the S10e, which are, they're basically competitors. And I'm pretty sure the S10e is cheaper as well. It's got... So the S10e has two cameras, and then the iPhone XR has one camera. Now, obviously, I'm sure it's a fairly decent camera. Um, and both of, uh, both of them, on both phones, I'm sure it's fairly decent cameras. But 
it's just I feel like the iPhone 8 you'll probably well I'm not sure maybe not go for the iPhone 8 I don't know because I guess it does have a bigger screen yeah actually I've changed my mind I would probably go for the iPhone XR over the iPhone 8 however what I've been trying to make the point of this entire time <laughs> I'm definitely got off topic is that Apple don't have different price ranges and like their old phones still hold their value really well like you know you go on eBay and you try and find like a like an what an iPhone 7 and they're probably still a decent price like I'm checking right now probably hear my really noisy keyboard in the background yeah, you can get an iPhone 7, so refurbished is that iPhone? Yeah, refurbished. 129 for the 32 gigs. Then for the 256 gigs, £239. Um, yeah, they still hold their value pretty well. Actually, you know what? That surprised me. They haven't held their value as well as I thought they did. Like, I thought you'd still be able to get it for 200 but it looks like you can get an iPhone 7 for 100 Okay, well, let's take the iPhone 8, because I guess that's old-ish now. Alright, so for the iPhone 8, what? They have lost their price. So, you're looking to 200 to, like, 150 by the looks of things. So, yeah, but most of the time, iPhones still do hold their value pretty well anyway. And so having the option to have to to buy have a cheaper phone have to have a cheaper iPhone having that option is pretty good I think because not everybody is going to want to have flagship level and not everybody is going to want to have old phones either so you so I yeah I really like the idea of the iPhone nine I probably would not get it because I'm an Android person but if I was an iPhone person I would almost definitely get it um but yeah that's pretty much it on that topic I've written down in my notes that it would be good for perhaps like a younger the younger generation <laughs> the younger generation um and also it's a competitor to the Galaxy A series because I guess it kind of is like let's be honest and yeah, that's pretty much it for the iPhone for the iPhone 9 topic. Um, yeah, let's talk about the new consoles, and then that's the last of my notes that I've written down. And then we'll call it a day. So, first of all, I just want to say there are a lot of things similar on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. So, definitely support for 8K and 4K. And so this is what I found interesting when I was looking at the art, the news article. AMD are doing both the graphics and the CPU for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, which is really interesting. Because Xbox or Microsoft have said that their, their competition between Xbox and PlayStation, they're not really main competitors anymore, according to Microsoft. They're more worried about Amazon and Google and their game streaming 
as being more competitors now. And I think that, you know, I, I like having like that healthy competition between the Xbox and the PlayStation 5. I think it's pretty good. And then you can also have like, you know, I've had conversations with my friends about which one's better, PlayStation and Xbox. And I'm pretty sure PlayStation beat the Xbox sales. I am checking that now. Okay, that's not what I wanted. But it's just like they're both. So they're probably both going to end up being similar consoles, which is really interesting. And like, if you said that to someone like when PS4 and the other Xbox first came out, then they would probably laugh at you because let's be honest, I don't think anyone expects expected that. I didn't expect it. Apparently they're going to have multi-gigabit Ethernet, so they could be game streaming. They could possibly have game streaming, like the Google Stadia, for example. And Oh yeah, also, they said Switch, Nintendo Switch aren't the main competitors either. So it's literally Amazon and Google and anyone else that's planning on making game streaming. Um, something which I always find annoying on my PS4 and PS4 Pro is loading times not just for games but just like going into settings and stuff i just find it really slow and like i know i'm not sure if it's because i'm used to a pc but i only i game on a laptop anyway admittedly the laptop has a graphics card but still so something which i'm happy about is this is going to have is they're both also going to have pci express 4 SSDs, and I can almost guarantee there will be a terabyte or more, or you might even be able to buy them in different models, so like a one terabyte, two terabyte, three terabyte, four terabyte version, which could be quite interesting. Something else is, I don't think game streaming is going to happen, is going to be like the norm anytime in the near future, because... I don't know, Google Stadia, I've not heard anyone talking about it anymore since, is it even out? I don't even know if Google Stadia is out. Is Google Stadia out? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Well, let's just go to like Amazon and check. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... No. Is it? It would help if I spelled Stadia, right? Stadia. No, Google Stadia is not out by the looks of things. It's just coming up with Google Wi-Fi stuff. So yeah, I don't... So yeah, Google Stadia is now. And... Going back to the point I was making... I just don't think game streaming is going to happen soon. Eventually, it is going to be normal. But right now, it's not normal. I mean, like, both consoles still have a disk drive. Apparently, they're both going to have still a disk drive, so... Saying... Although the point that it does obviously have a disk drive, I feel like 
discs are going to be sold less and less because I would imagine as well it's easier so look here's the point okay it's probably easier to make backwards compatibility or is it yeah backwards and forwards compatibility for a game that you purchase digitally because you can just get like an offer code or something when the new device comes out and so I would imagine it's easier with backwards compatibility if you have a product if you have a game that's downloaded over a game that's on a disc and actually I was surprised that they both had discs because I know there was a version of the Xbox one that didn't have a disc so I thought that was pretty interesting something as well which PC gamers might get annoyed at is although the consoles other consoles like PS4 and Xbox one might have capabilities to do higher than 30 frames a second most games are still locked at 30 fps which will definitely annoy people if especially if you're a pc gamer like when i i when playing fortnite for an example on the nintendo switch you can it's it's kind of unplayable on the nintendo switch like let's say obviously i'm using fortnite as an example but let's say you're just played Fortnite on the on a PlayStation. You're then going out and so you pick up your Nintendo Switch because you know there might be you might be going somewhere that involves waiting, like to the doctors or something. Especially if it's going to be a long wait, you know, like okay, maybe not the doctors because the doctors generally isn't a long wait, like the hospital, okay. And you're get, waiting for an operation. You can play on your Nintendo Switch, and if the hospital has Wi-Fi, obviously, you can play an online game like Fortnite. However, from that transition of, ori of originally playing on the PlayStation to then playing on the Nintendo Switch, you're, it, it's just really, it's a, it's a noticeable difference. You can't notice it if you only play on the Nintendo Switch, but then if you pl do play on both, you really notice it. And obviously I'm using Fortnite as an example, there are obviously other games, but that's like the first game that pops into my head that they both they're supported on both platforms so yeah 30 frames not the best especially for especially if you want to play competitively I guess maybe it could be alright in like a story based game but there are many story based games that you can link your account so I wouldn't really see why you'd want to buy it on both platforms especially when Fortnite's free anyway but anyway I'm going to stop using Fortnite as an example because it will probably anger a lot of people don't like Fortnite. And obviously, I by the way, I respect people's opinions for liking or not liking Fortnite. I haven't played it only because they're not adding things to the game. And you know, I could probably discuss that here. I'm not going to today. But season chapter one, chapter two, season two has been delayed so many times because Fortnite have, well, most people think it's because Fortnite have changed the way that they make the game, the engine that it runs on or something, I can't remember the details now. But this part's unscripted by the way. Well, when I say unscripted I mean I haven't written notes on it. I don't like literally script word for word. But Fortnite have not added anything new to the game for probably the entire of January. Like obviously I respect that Epic need to have a Christmas break. But I'm pretty sure it's past their Christmas break now. Like I'm not 
I don't know, maybe it isn't. Maybe they're still having their Christmas break. But seriously, if they don't want people to not like Fortnite, which obviously you, every company wants the consumer to like their product, even if it is free and in bait, and it's been in beta for like way too long. I don't understand why they're not adding new stuff. They've literally gone and recycled the launch pad, which has been removed and now re-added. And I just don't understand why they're not adding new stuff. Doesn't make sense. But I've made this a topic when I wasn't even intending to, but whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Improvisation. Actually, whilst we're on the topic of improvisation, uh, something about last episode. It actually went better than I was expecting it to because last episode I was expecting to get like next to no views and admittedly it did it got virtually none but and I'm pretty sure most of them were just my friends but that podcast episode thing is more fair for people that own like kind of a back <laughs> how do I describe it so people any new people that come might want to know a little bit about this show and what it's about. That podcast, that episode, sorry, is kind of there to explain that. That's why that's there. I knew it's going to get n- pretty much no views. And I didn't make it because of the views. I made it for any new people that come that want to know a, bit, a little bit about the backstory. But anyway, that's it for today. I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.